Imagine growing to 3 million users without a marketer on staff. Sounds like a dream, right? Well, have you heard of CloudApp? Judging by those user numbers, I would assume most of you have. It's a collaboration tool that allows you to quickly create and share GIFs, videos, and screenshots with anyone. Well, this was CloudApp's reality, and it was Joe Martin's. Joe joined CloudApp as their VP of Marketing in early 2018. He was their first marketer, the ground zero marketer in his words. Since then, he's built upon their product-driven growth by doubling down on the things that he saw were already working from a marketing standpoint before he even joined. That's right, marketing is always happening, even if you don't have a marketer on staff. This is Ground Up. It's a podcast about growth, except without all the numbers. Here, we tell the stories of everything behind the numbers, the ideas, the habits, the discipline, and also the personal and professional growth of some of the smartest marketers and business owners that we know. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. I want to start with a confession because I'm on the free plan of Cloud App, and I just want to make sure that <laughs> we can proceed and uh, it's still cool that we can record. Uh, I, like it's it's an essential tool. And for the listeners, like Joe didn't tell me to say any of this. This isn't like part of the part of the stipulation for being on a free plan. But we like I use it every single day. Um, I don't think I've taken a screenshot or shared anything uh, without it in years. Um, so, but I am on the free plan. So um, I just wanted to to be upfront about that. <laughs> Get that off my chest. Using, <laughs> gotta get you using the video tool, then it'll it'll soak up all that storage, so you can <laughs> get to move up to the pro or team. Yeah, there you go. Uh, in, in all seriousness, no. How does the marketing strategy, like how is the marketing strategy influenced by having a free product like that, and a free product that is extremely useful for someone like me that could use it for years? Yeah. Um, so freemium is interesting. Uh, definitely different than what I was coming from. Uh, so coming from Adobe, you know, I was part of the, the move from static boxes to subscription, which right. was kind of pretty interesting. We had like monthly all hands um, internally where our executives, you know, were very for everything that was happening. So it was kind of cool to be a part of that. Um, so I'm very familiar with subscription, but freemium kind of adds a new layer to that where, uh, the goal is basically, uh, you know, someone like you comes in and sees a ton of value and then um, kind of needs to upgrade either to the pro or, you know, primarily we see people upgrade to a team um, versus kind of going to pro. So like you, you know, would work at uh, Adobe and you loved it so much that you wanted your team to use it and then you wanted to be able to have access to collections and some other, you know, features that were available for the, for the team accounts. Um, and then Adobe like would require additional security. So you have to jump up to an enterprise with right. single on and other stuff. So it's kind of like a gradual progression. Um, I think it's been pretty fun. Um, you know, it, it really creates a nice uh, top of funnel demand where, I can kind of do some really interesting stuff with marketing where it has a lot less gates. It's right. like, Hey, we're, we're willing to just give you free access to basically the full tool set. Um, 
Now you, with free, you can take screenshots, you can do GIFs, videos. Uh, you're eventually going to hit kind of, like I said, a storage limit. Um, so you need to upgrade. And that's, you know, just part of our cost of kind of housing that data. Um, but it's like, hey, try this out. If you end up trying it out forever for free, um, hopefully you're like John and you just sing its praises uh, and you give us good reviews on G2 and Trust Radius or the Mac Store or whatever it may be. And you become, you know, a really loyal advocate for us. Uh, so for me, it's been a lot of like enforcing and, and buying into this freemium model and recognizing it for what it is. Um, and we have some kind of cool community pages coming out where let's say, you know, John, you're a power user and I kind of recognize that I may not get ever get revenue out of you, sure. but I want to showcase you on my community page and, you know, give you a voice for cloud app and I can get, you know, millions of free users to kind of be a voice for us. And that, you know, provides a nice product flywheel. I also f have found that not not just in terms of like ungating product features, but also, you know, further up the funnel, um, ungating resources and content. Uh, because in some organizations where maybe it's a, a free trial or the the product has more barriers, um, you you use those things, ebooks or webinars, to collect email addresses so you can nurture people on the product. But when you have a really useful free product, uh, like I think DataBox has, and and obviously like CloudApp has you're driving a lot more usage in the product so you can focus a lot more of your marketing and nurturing and sales efforts like to actual users, right? And you have a lot more context to go yeah. off of rather than yeah, you downloaded an ebook. It's like, no, you're, you're using the tool and you're using it this way. And, you know, here's how we can help. That's a really fair point. I mean, it, it creates a nice demand gen, built-in demand gen. Um, yeah, like our, our, our largest referral one of the largest referrals to the website is the product itself. So it's right. coming from cl.ly if you're on version one or share.getcloudup.com if you're on version two, which is the new version. Um, and so we're able to kind of see, you know, that nice referral traffic of people that are like, hey, John just shared this random link with me that looks kind of cool. I'm going to go to their website and check it out for myself. Um, so it really creates, you know, millions of, short links that are really nice advertising pieces for us for sure and so you've been at cloud app now for i mean you, you were advising around a year ago but unofficially yep. is the vp of marketing uh less than a year right um yeah so what do you think for you coming into that especially coming from adobe where you were for seven years what was the most important thing for you to learn in order to be effective at your job quickly because sure. cloud app is still pretty small in terms of headcount, right? So it's when you're in a, yep. in a, on a team like that, you don't have a ton of time to spend on discovery, right? So what do you think was the most important thing for you to learn to be effective quickly? Sure. So there are a couple of things. Um, first, I, in kind of the interview process, I did kind of get access to the data, um, Google Analytics primarily and some product data. Um, I was really interested in kind of seeing what sources of traffic were really kind of coming in. Um, and that is how I kind of wanted to hire my team. Um, so first based and foremost, on what was, so based on what was driving traffic already. Yep. So if it was yeah, organic so I, content, for example, exactly. you might lean into content creation. 
Exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to, like you mentioned, being a small team, I wanted to straightway double down on what was working well. And then I kind of have my strategy that I'm building to where I kind of know the next, you know, five hires that I want to make. Um, but for now I'm kind of focusing on doubling down on what's been working, um, with, you know, limited budget and kind of adding in some wrinkles here and there, uh, from, you know, just simple things like doing a podcast consistently. Um, I got access to LinkedIn live. So like doing live broadcasts on LinkedIn, uh, and really a big piece of it was just consistency too. So going from like a true startup, which cloud has been around for three, four years, um, to like a growth phase startup marketing is kind of just about consistency. Uh, so it's like rather than, you know, Hey, let's do some Google spend this month. It's like, and then we won't do any next month when you're kind of, <laughs> beginning uh it's like growth phase you've got to like be consistent with your content and with your paid efforts and with other things and that kind of builds up and and has you know fruits and you should have a feel at that point too of what's already working so you can kind of pour gasoline on it as the saying goes exactly exactly yep so when you when you came on like what did the marketing function like describe the marketing function when you first uh when you first came on board at cloud app so for all intents and purposes, I was kind of the first marketing lead. Um, so it was kind of, kind of ground zero, uh, which, which was really intriguing for me. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of elements that I loved, like how much traffic was coming to the site, uh, how much was in our email database, um, how many opportunities we had with the freemium users. And so all the kind of key pieces were there for me and it really just needed like some molding, some strategy and just some like dedicated effort from marketing lead uh, to kind of organize it. We've already seen, you know, really strong results in the six months that I've been here. Seven. So how did, how did cloud app grow up to that point? Was it largely product driven? Yeah, primarily organic, uh, organic and referral. So people, like you just love the product um, and either told their friends and family they needed to start using it or uh, the product, you know, flywheel, someone saw a video or a screenshot that was sent to them and, and ended up signing up themselves. Um, that's how we've kind of grown to, you know, over, over 3 million users. Wow. And so when you came on uh, and you said you were kind of looking at the traffic sources to try to determine what should be a focus, where you could double down. And part of that you said was how you could structure the team too. What did, uh, what did you learn? And like, what did that result in, in, in you actually building out the team? Like what hires did you make? How did you structure the marketing function? Sure. So um, I kind of looked at uh, content as a key piece. Um, I, I also saw, you know, a lot of opportunity with social and, um, definitely automation and kind of just, uh, enhancing the onboarding process and, uh, just consistency with paid. So 
Um, you know, it's, I, I talked with a lot of mentors and I read a lot of articles on like, you know, building your first marketing team, <laughs> who your first hire should be. And then I kind of took all that in, looked at the data and then kind of made my first hires. And one that is, is kind of like, um, not a lot of people say it should be your first hire, but kind of coming from my background, um, one of the first people I brought on was a, was an analyst, a data analyst, um, who could kind of help me make sure that analytics was all implemented correctly, um, could really grind out some reports and insights from, from, uh, efforts we were doing. And then, you know, can kind of help me with some of the other marketing stuff too, but they started as an intern and then, uh, we converted them full time. Um, but I brought on, I brought on a, a him to kind of, you know, lead data analytics um, from from the, the very beginning on the marketing side. Right. What about uh, you know in in terms of in terms of acquisition at the top of the funnel, content, anything like that? Like what what works for for cloud app right now? I mean, largely you said it was product driven previously, but have you found anything working so far? Are you investing in content? Is it more paid? Is it you know channel? What's working? Yeah, I think content is key and, and you'll see this anywhere. So I'm not like saying anything new, but uh, look at eMarketer, Gartner or Forrester or whoever it may be. They'll all say that marketers are spending more on content than ever before. Um, so content was key. And also, uh, you know, we were, we were chatting before we jumped on about about social and, um, you know, one of the things I saw I saw at Adobe is the value of having like an internal influencer at your company. Right. So we would, we would run, you know, a paid campaign behind a face versus the brand and we'd get 10 X the engagement, um, Interesting. From, from releasing a product or whatever it might be. So, I so really, an influencer at Adobe for example, in that example. Yeah. So like an, a C level person right. or like sometimes, you know, behind my own channel, um, and so that like, obviously, you know, I've, I actually was a fanboy of cloud app before I came on. So it, it's even more authentic, um, since I was already talking about it and preaching about it before I came over here, but it's even more so valuable now, like my channel and our CEO's channel. And like, we're, we're very much believers in social is, um, we live in the age of like executive social presence. Sure. And so we see those as, you know, valuable channels to kind of build upon. Um, so that's been a, a kind of a growth point. Um, and yeah, a lot of it is just, just focus and understanding what matters. So like if we get, if we get mentioned in an article, which, you know, happens all the time, we, you know, make sure we amplify it and, uh, we can reach out to that, whoever mentioned us and, and, you know, try and collaborate on something in the future and, um, just kind of building those relationships. Right. And so cloud app also has what, two locations, San Francisco, Utah, right? Yeah, those are, primary offices and then we also have a lot of remote work 
Um, you know, we're a remote, remote work tool. So we, we have a lot of remote right. workers and, and, um, for certain roles, we're trying to build kind of being, bring people together to start a core, but we, we support a lot of remote work. So, uh, well, for, like from a marketing standpoint, because the vision and, and positioning of, of products and all that is, is, is so critical to everybody on the team, not just marketing, but how do you keep everyone aligned around execution, around the vision, around positioning, uh, when you're distributed like that or multiple locations, like what have you found is, is most important in that respect? Sure. So first of all, I think our CEO does a great job. His name's Scott Smith. Um, and he, he kind of, his background was, uh, before cloud app, four years at Facebook, uh, he was at Facebook because as company Parse was acquired, um, company he worked for was his company. And then before Parse was acquired by Facebook, he was at uh, DIN, which was acquired by Oracle. So he's kind of been um, in some acquisitions, kind of seen some big company culture, some startup culture. And we've really integrated um, high-level goals. So like uh, we kind of follow the Facebook, Google, OKR sure, yeah. uh, objectives and key results. Um, that's kind of our mantra and that's like our, our COO, uh, his name's Jason toy. He kind of, um, harps on, you know, our OKRs and, and we, you know, frequently visit those. And then we have just like a few kind of like, uh, it's from like the cubby 40 X principles. Um, but they call it like wildly important goals. So we have a few like wildly important goals each year in each quarter that we're, you know, have a scoreboard for and uh, we're always kind of looking at. So first of all, it starts, you know, top down from the CEO. And then for my team, um, I've pulled a lot from Adobe. I think Adobe, Adobe was kind of a pioneer in this check-in process. Interesting. Um, yeah, what's that? So the check-in process was eliminating uh, annual performance reviews, basically, and okay. turning them into like bite-sized meetings. So um, I have weekly one-on-ones with all my direct report team. Um, and then I'll do like skip levels with people that don't directly report to me mm-hmm. um, every month. And then every quarter with my direct reports, we talk about uh, career objectives, goals, uh, growth for them, and kind of focus on development. So you kind of move like the tactical element from those meetings. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, Hey, when we, you know, I told him to set up quarterly check-ins and we both know what to expect from that. It's a chance to talk about salary role. Like, do you like doing what you're doing? Would you like to, you know, try other things? Um, Do you want to add, you know, some new responsibilities this next quarter? So it's like having a frequent, like, both of us know that it's not going to, we're not going to catch each other off guard kind of talking about these things. Um, it's been, you know, really effective. And I, I love that at Adobe. Like it was a really good way to be candid with, with my, you know, managers. And, um, I felt like they would, were receptive to things that I wanted to try and do. And so I've, I pulled that in here. I'd imagine too, like that, 
I mean, a lot of people have one-on-ones, right? Um, but the format you're talking about where it's kind of broken up, uh, you know, where you're talking about maybe more of the tactical stuff every week, you're having skip levels once a, once a month, so you kind of have a feel for how the whole team is is executing and responding. Does that allow you to, you think, move quicker as a team, whether that's making adjustments on the fly, doubling down on what's working, making adjustments to what's not? Do you think that that sort of cadence that you're carrying on with your whole team like that does that allow you guys to move quicker yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um i think we also you know uh use use the g suite and asana and other tools to help us stay in line with tasks and that's really helpful for me as a as a kind of org leader as well as like i can look back on notes from previous meeting and be like okay looks like, you know, you committed to this and you committed to this, like, how's that coming? And then like we review our OK, our OKRs each, each week and kind of like, Hey, how close are we to this OKR? It looks like this one behind. And so we're all kind of invested as a team, um, in hitting our goals. And I think that that's a big piece of it too. So what, what I find interesting too is, is, and what I know a lot of people find challenging is, setting goals when maybe there's not a lot of historical data or, or context to go off of. So sure. when you, when you came in and being like, you know, in your words, ground zero, you know, first marketer, what was your approach to setting goals for, you know, for initiatives and practices that maybe there really hadn't been doubled down on before. There really wasn't a focus. Sure. Like what was your approach to really setting goals for marketing when there wasn't a ton to go off of? Yeah, so I I did look at historical numbers and tried to pull certain you know growth aspects from that, um, and you know we, we negotiated back and forth on what I, what we could commit to, and we're actually you know a couple of quarters ahead I would think on where I thought we'd be um, as far as those goals, so that's good. In terms of what like acquisite like uh, tra- traffic and and yeah, product signups we'll, and things like that. Yep. Yeah, we'll you know explode our our quarterly goals. Um, which is ahead of what I thought we'd be with kind of the strategy we've had in place. Um, and then there were a couple that were like, okay, I've studied a whole bunch of other freemium businesses right. like, and talked with executives at Slack and you know whoever else you want to pull from freemium that I just had in my network. And here's some things that I've kind of learned on what, what they've been able to, how they kind of evolved as a business. So I think we're kind of nailing, you know, step one of strategy. So like when those are kind of a little bit more on cruise control, then I can add on, you know, step two. So I, I kind of have, step, what would step one be? Um, step one is just starting and being consistent. Uh, you'd be surprised at just having, you know, 10 posts on social going out a day. Right. Um, that support your blog posts, uh, how, how that can just have an impact. So it's really just like consistency with a lot of things. Consistency around the right Um, behavior is really a step one. Yeah, totally. So really step one is consistency. Step two is just adding a layer of complexity, like, um, adding in different types of demand gen and, uh, maybe evolving the content strategy. So like not doing just a blog post, but, uh, taking it one step further with, with, uh, you know, like I, I released this, um, state of video report 
uh, in July. And I did a lot of these like demand gen reports for Adobe, um, but full of, full of stats and, you know, it becomes a demand gen piece. So that's kind of like a new wrinkle for content is like, okay, we feel like we've got, you know, a basis going, let's, let's kind of add in some wrinkles um, that can help us look and feel and become, you know, a true, true enterprise player, which is what we, what we kind of are already seen as. Right. Right. Um, so when you talk about identifying those right behaviors and then introducing consistency in, in terms of step one, what would be those activities for the marketing team? Like uh, when, when you first came in or even now, what are the most important activities that the marketing team executes on every day, every week, every month? I think that's uh, a lot of it's around content um, and things that support the content. So if you're, I, I'm all about content efficiency. I, I preach this on social a lot, um, but like if I create an ebook or a demand gen piece, you better believe it's going to have like five to 10 blog posts that are associated with sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it's going to maybe have a webinar and it's going to maybe have, you know, uh, maybe at the end of the year, I bring those reports together and create an ebook from it. Um, so you so, transpose that content over different channels and different forms. Yep. Yeah. Is so, that hard be, being or, a smaller team, uh, like having the resources to be able to do all that? Uh, no, I'd actually say that's like a, a key reason why I would do that. Right. Um, in that you can kind of like, uh, like that video trends report that going back to that again, had a couple of blog posts. Uh, I talked about it in a podcast. Um, I, you know, preached on it and social and it was all kind of the same conversation, the same content, the same data. Um, so it didn't require a lot of like extra energy from me. Uh, it didn't require, you know, additional money for resources or editors or copy people. Um, it was all just one piece of content that led to, you know, 10 smaller chunks, uh, that all kind of support each other. So going back to the goals too, sounds like benchmarks, you know, talking to other folks, you know, maybe at Slack you mentioned and probably old colleagues at Adobe. So, so kind of mm -hmm. benchmarking yourself across maybe other subscription businesses, or other freemium products, and then, uh, some historical data is kind of what helped kind of set those initial goals. Um, which it sounds like you, you're, you're, you said you're exploding the quarterly goals. Maybe you need to set some, some bigger ones. <laughs> yeah. What a... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely, I know I'm, I'm going to, it'll be, I'm sure I'll get made fun of since I said there's <laughs> negotiating there, um, for the goals. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely make some bigger goals and I'm, I, I always, you know, I learned this a lot from my good managers and maybe also for my poor managers along the way is that I, I don't know everything. I don't assume that I know everything. Um, I feel like I have a good plan in place, but I'm always like trying to learn and meet with, with peers. Uh, you know, it's, it's been interesting kind of getting to this, like basically CMO level, uh, since, you know, I, I sit on the CEO's team. Um, that it's opened up like a lot of maybe connections or relationships. Um, people are like willing to kind of give me kind of elevate that relationship. So like, you know, I had a 
had a bunch of VPs at Adobe that have moved on to different companies and I reach out to them and, and they're kind of suddenly, you know, talking to me like I'm a peer basically. Right. Um, <laughs> which, which they didn't, they never like talked down to me when I was at Adobe. Right, I don't right. want to kind of point that, but it's like, I'll ask them really pointed questions about content strategy or lead gen strategy. And they're, you know, super direct and, and helpful to me about it. So it's been uh, really kind of cool to be like, you know, I spent 10 years building up this network and now I'm kind of like, I'm asked, I put all that good karma out there and I'm kind of like taking a little bit back now and being <laughs> like, okay, you know, I did a lot kind of building up to this point. Now I'm asking you for something. Um, and it's, it's been really cool to see that. Yeah. I would imagine the alumni network is pretty strong at a place like Adobe. <laughs> yeah. Tens of thousands yeah, of employees. It, I keep noticing it too. Like uh, CMO of Zendesk, I just noticed the other day is, is someone I worked with at Adobe, and so I'm gonna chat with him. And um, there's just all these like random connections that I I recognize. One of my old VPs is a CMO at Shutterfly now, and so I have a good relationship with her. And so it, it is kind of cool when your network, you know, at a big company like that spreads out, and you kind of see those connections. You grow. Can just pull the Adobe card, and yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. There's there is it is really funny. Like when you speak the lingo, um, <laughs> like I've, I've joined a few sales calls with our team with Adobe. Uh, and like, there is like a little bit of a lukewarm intro there where it's like, Hey, I know we didn't work together, but I was on this team and yeah, I know you worked for you. Is your VP this person, you know, and it's kind of, kind of, uh, creates a fun kind of start there. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, so, to kind of put a bow on the on the on the on the goals and execution side, uh, is there is there a specific like how do you how do you model that? Like, do you have like an annual model that you build out for the marketing team that says you know here's here's like a revenue target that you know uh, the CEO has kind of laid out that we want to hit at the end of 2019. So here's what we need to do for traffic and signups, you know, the whole second half of the year. Is there some kind of model that you've built out or is it, is it sort of less formal than that? How do you communicate like going forward, you know, what, what the team is going to have to achieve in terms of growth? Yeah. So I, I would say that's evolving. Um, we're definitely, you know, still a, a small, small kind of company growing that type of infrastructure. We do have very well established goals that we, you know, vet with our board and, and other people um, and growth targets. Um, but it's, it's definitely evolving. Um, I, I try and break it into smaller goals. So let's say we have a traffic goal. I'll look back at historical data and be like, okay, to hit this traffic goal, we need to send a hundred emails and do 50 paid campaigns and, or we need to spend this much on Google or we need to do this many blog posts or this many social posts. And so I try and like break it down and then assign it to each of my team members of like, okay, here's, here's your piece. Like you need to do this, this, and this, and that should, you know, feed into this right. growth target. So you kind of back um, into the execution piece based on what yeah, you've seen in the work in the past. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, there's always like some stretch goals in there. Um, like usually visits and signups are kind of stretch goals um, and ambitious. Sure. And so each person is kind of like, well, all things being equal, we'd probably be at this rate. 
uh, let's bump that up a little bit. So let's make sure we do this, this, and this to kind of feed into it. Right. What would you say is the most ambitious goal right now that you're, that the marketing team has? Um, <laughs> well, we want to be kind of recognized the leader in, in collaboration 2.0 and, and a thought leader in customer experience. So we're, we're pushing out a lot of content, um, and doing a lot of things that showcase, uh, us as a thought leader in customer experience, productivity, collaboration, um, and being kind of the, the only choice as you're, as you're, uh, looking to improve your cl- collaboration stack. So when you put out content like that, cause that's not just like, you know, tactical content, how to use the product or, or top of funnel content, but that's more content, you know, to position the, the company, what works in terms of that? Are you doing PR? Uh, like how do you, how do you circulate that content in a way that helps to sort of further that? that ambition uh, i think it just becomes a part of your dna so like every like it is an example like it's part of my dna since i'm kind of helping lead brand positioning so like i'm bringing it up you know it's, it's cloud app is a leader in customer experience and collaboration um providing you know instant business communication opportunities um so it's it's part of our positioning statement internally and so like every blog post, every podcast, every tweet, every whatever you want to do kind of feeds into that. And I really learn learn from the best at Adobe, right. uh, you know, switching from being, uh, you know, product to subscription and then also from marketing to experience cloud and kind of seeing how a thousand people kind of fed into one goal or 5,000 people or whatever. Um, so I feel like each piece kind of influences your, your positioning. And obviously as you put out content more and more on a topic, Google starts to recognize you as a, a thought leader and, and seeing your themes of your, of your site. And so they'll, you know, favor, favor you for that. Um, so I think it all kind of supports each other. Right. Sounds like it's like having that, having that one thing that you're trying to convey that message that you want to say and kind of working that into the DNA of everything that you do, right? Yep. Tweets, blog yeah. posts, eBooks, webinars, your appearance on this podcast, right? Yeah. Which a big it, part of that is making sure everybody, everybody on your team can, can speak that language, right? And has that talk track. Yep, exactly. And we, it's a piece that we go over in like our, you know, company meetings every couple of weeks. Like, Hey, here's, you know, a reminder of, of themes that we're, we're associated with that are either a product, either what we want to be aspirationally or what customers kind of already tie us to. Right. Um, and so people are kind of trained and then obviously, you know, anyone that's forward facing with sales or, or thought leadership or whatever, kind of knows to, to hit those talk tracks. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the most important part is circulating, circulating some sort of document. I know Salesforce back in the day had like a, had like a little laminated card that they would give everybody. Um, and I mean, now they're massive. So, uh, but they would give everybody. So they, if I think the analogy that Benioff used in, in behind the cloud was that if, you know, five Salesforce employees 
were on an elevator and somebody asked them what Salesforce did, he thought all five would give different answers. So yeah. by circulating these cards, everybody could kind of, you know, be familiar with the propaganda, so to speak. <laughs> totally. And, and be able to say the same thing. So I think, yeah, that, that part that part is critical. Um, you tweeted about this. This is going to be my last question. But you tweeted about this recently. And I thought it was really interesting, especially, um, you know, you being a leader on a small team. And I can relate to that. Uh, about productivity and time blocking. And when you're on a small team, there's a million things you can get distracted with. And, you know, when you're in a growth phase, you're you're trying to do, you, you're just trying to do so many things, right? To yep. grow and to grow traffic and to grow signups and to grow conversion rates and all these things. So um, just wanted to ask you about that, uh, uh, about uh, the importance of productivity and, and how, how, you, how you manage that as a team. Yeah, so it's something I've been a, a big believer in and kind of got reinforced by, um, I met up with Nir Eyal. He wrote the oh, right, yeah. book Hooked, and yeah. then just came out with Indistractable last week. Um, I met up with him actually just on Twitter first, and then he was speaking down at Qualtrics uh, in Provo like uh, a few weeks ago. And so him and I met up you know, in person and we re-recorded a podcast together. And, um, he kind of you know harps on, uh, time blocking and kind of making sure you have moments where you're not going to be distracted and you know, you're not going to be distracted. Um, so I'll put in moments of like where I, you know, right now we're kind of all in the same open office format, like a lot of people. And so I'll take moments where I can, uh, sneak away into a conference room or, or a quiet place and kind of just work by myself for, uh, an hour or two each day. Um, and I'll usually have, try and have an agenda. Like I write a ton as you can imagine. And so I know that I'll have at least an hour each day where it's like, okay, I'm just going to crunch on writing, whether it's a blog post or a press release or, uh, whatever it may be. Um, and that's kind of what I'm going to do. And then, you know, in the morning, I know I have to do certain things. And so I block out time for that. Right. Uh, the, the beauty, actually, you know, you brought up some of the pitfalls maybe of a small team. But the beauty of a small team is at Adobe, I had probably four hours a day that were in meetings, at least. <laughs> um, and that's just, you know, big company, cross-org campaigns. Like, I'm not saying the meetings shouldn't happen. That's kind of just big company culture. You have to like get together to execute on stuff. But now that I don't have that, I have all this kind of free time to actually work um, versus just talk, right? which has been, been really fun. Um, and then I would say that I'm pretty dialed in now, but definitely the first like 60 days were like, oh man, there are so many things to do here. Um, and I, you know, jumped into a few different things and kind of figured out what I actually wanted to do as my strategy kind of came together. Um, but I have this massively long dock of just like my brain dump when I came to a new company and I can kind of refer back to that and be like, okay, this was actually a pretty cool idea. I just didn't have time or resources at the time but maybe this is, you know, something we could do in Q4, Q1 um, timeframe. So love time blocking. Um, it's also good for family life. You know, I, I have one-on-one time or at least try to every day with my kids, even if it's, 
10 minutes and my wife and I have one-on-one time each day and uh, it really kind of helps you make sure that you're not always checking Slack or email or, you know, Google analytics is probably one of my favorite things to check a lot. Um, (laughs) So I'm, I'm not always looking at my phone. I'm really trying to uh, have that time with my kids and, and keep my life, you know, outside of work. It always felt strange to me, like, right, like one-on-one, like scheduled one-on-one time with, with, with family. But I know Nier, y'all talks about that in, yeah, in he the does. new book. He and, preaches it, yep. And um, it still feels, it, it feels like one of those things that should go without saying, but I, but I do know, like, when, when you're talking in the context of Hooked and the devices that we all have attached to us all the time, like, those things distract us all the time when you're, when you're with your kids, when you're with your, when you're with your family, so... Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, part of a new reality of, yep. uh, of this world of, of multiple distractions. It's funny cause he wrote the book and that, you know, like he, cre- he didn't create the symptom, but he wrote about it and then he created, you know, wrote this book about the solution. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is, it is kind of ironic a little bit, but, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that he addresses it, you yeah, know, quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but you, you'd be surprised at like just, you know, I have three, three little boys um, under the age of like time with them is valuable. And so I'll come up to one of them and say, Hey, it's, you know, dad and son time. Um, what do you want to do? And they kind of know that that's like just them and dad. And it's, you know, probably it's usually around 10 or 15 minutes if we're doing it each day. Uh, cause there's, you know, they go to bed two hours after I get home from work. Um, but they kind of know that that's time that they have with just me to build Legos or read books or whatever it may be. Yeah, that's the most fun part. I was building trains uh, with my son the other day. Uh, I have two yeah. boys, and uh, you know nice. the the Thomas and the Train tracks. And, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, my my oldest, who's going to be four in January, just had his tonsils out this week. And so oh, I went crazy on Sunday and I, I took every piece out and built him the biggest track. Like it <laughs> went across our whole living room. My wife l- loves it. Uh, I hope you can sense the sarcasm, but built yeah. this massive <laughs> track around the whole room. And uh, honestly, I don't know who had more fun because I had a blast. And my wife That's was even awesome. just like, you're, you're a kid. Um, and uh, yeah, it's those moments when you put the phone down and you're, you, you almost have to, uh, my wife and I try to put it somewhere where it's not accessible so if you're on the couch watching tv together like it's up on the kitchen counter totally Um, yep and it's yeah it's all these all these all these things now that we uh we have to try to cope with all these distractions coming our way Uh, yeah i appreciate though that there there is mindfulness to it though um i feel like we probably hit critical mass a couple years ago where it's like oh man there's way too many social networks i'm on my phone too often right and I'm too distracted. And so the world kind of like recognize that. And all you see all these new articles and books and other things about um, how to, you know, cope with technology. And there's like this stress management book that I was kind of listening to on Audible. And, and one of the, like the biggest part of this book was like, increase the amount of time you have away from your phone each day, which I thought was kind of funny. It's like, start, you know, if you can't do it at all, start with five minutes. If you can't do it at all. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. Like it's exercise or something. If, if, <laughs> if you can't run for a mile, you know, start with yeah. a quarter mile. It's yeah. How did we get here? Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Uh, 
Joe, this is great, man. I appreciate you having me on and uh, or, or, or coming on, I should say, and sharing all about how you structure the team. Like it's super interesting. Um, I didn't realize uh, the cloud app. It was it was the team was that small uh, because the product is is so uh, it, is it seems like it's everywhere. There's so many people using it. I've been using it for a long time. So appreciate you coming on and sharing. And uh, don't don't shut down access to my free account. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, and you're, you uh, you just made me feel good because I want us to look about 10x the size that we actually are. So, Mission yeah, accomplished. That's yeah, one my, that's one of my goals. So that's awesome. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.